0: All right, Justin. Well, we finally made it. We're at the, uh, let's just say the end, I guess, the end of a series, certainly not the end of uh, uh, some learnings. Uh, we're not hold, hold your applause. Yeah, we're not wrapping up the podcast, so don't, don't cry and go away yet. But we are wrapping up this series and really this topic we've been tackling, which is pursuing a better investment experience. And our hope is over the past few weeks and episodes, hopefully you guys have taken something away. We've gone over a lot. We, we've gone over really, you know, some of the big lessons, embracing market pricing. Don't outguess the market. Let's not pretend that we're smarter than we are. Let's actually look at the data. Let's resist chasing past performance. We also know that that doesn't work. And let's just gain the rewards, right? Let's, let's let the markets actually work for us. Let those markets continue to build our wealth for us. Consider drivers of returns, you know, don't just passively kind of close your eyes and, and throw your money in and say, hey, I'm not going to look at it, but really look at the data, find out where those areas are that maybe you can have a little extra exposure and make sure to allocate there. Don't uh, don't pick stocks, though. Don't pick stocks. Yeah, very clear. Hopefully this isn't your first <laughs> episode and took that away. You know, smart diversification, diversify globally. You know, those are lessons that we've learned time and time again, not always the easiest to implement, but make sure you're doing that. And then don't let all this noise really creep in, right? Like the headlines that are going on, the Jim Cramers, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell the Goldman broker that's calling you and saying they got the next hot IPO. Like it's all nonsense, right? And so don't allow those big kind of news headlines, those things that, you know, are, are motivated by capturing your attention and selling you ads or selling you some product, some product driven type sales pitch. So let's, let's stay away from all those. And so Today's episode, what we want to hit on is, you know, somewhat a culmination of those lessons, but then also the big one, right? Focusing on what you can actually control in this in this uh, process. So maybe start there for us, Justin, maybe just unpack a little bit. When we start thinking about the things that we actually can control in this process. What, what would you point to?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think it, yeah. it goes back to everything we've talked about right? That is something you can control. You can make an active decision whether or not to tune out the noise. But really what we're getting at when we say that is is a more active component on what you can control, right? Kind of, I guess, by definition, if you will. Taxes. Those are a big thing. So be aware of the tax impact of your decisions. Expenses. Very much related to taxes in certain circumstances, but Expenses can come into the in the form of expense ratios that you pay a, a mutual fund or an ETF. Most Most products like that have expenses. They're not all bad, but be aware of them. Make sure you're keeping those as low as possible because they eat into your returns. Your overall financial structure, how you're defining success, these are all really, really important things to think about. And these are things that you can control in your day-to-day investment experience and really worth taking a step back to properly understand, but in some cases also really properly define like what is success? What is your financial structure? What should it what should your resulting portfolio look like? All of these things get into this idea of what you can control. And if if the beautiful thing about that is if you focus on that, it gives you more confidence and a, and a greater ability To deal with these things that that you just highlighted, Brandon, you know, don't outguess the market, manage your emotions because there's this really well-rounded foundation or again, we use the term financial structure, but plan in place too. you could you could you could summarize it as having that sound plan in place that gives you that real that foundational understanding to say, oh, I know why we're doing this because there's a there's an answer on the other side of it as opposed to just, you know, sticking your finger up and say, oh, well, the market's doing xyz i'm going to react to that because of something i read online or heard heard from a buddy on the golf course or at a cocktail party whatever the case may be right Th- those reactions never i you never never say never don't don't generally end up as a very sound reputable investment uh process right so that's really what what this all this this culmination of controlling what you control is is to kind of to take a step back, do the homework, understand what's important, understand what detracts from returns, things that we've hit on throughout this entire series, and then implement actively a process that takes all of this into account and, and really gives you a a more robust, higher expectation of, of success going forward.
0: I think those are great points. And I think maybe even framing it one way. I think would be helpful helpful for whoever's listening. Justin is probably it's an end client listening or or prospect or somebody hopefully that's working with an advisor to implement these things. But you hit on one thing like low costs. So you know, I when I'm talking with clients or or prospective clients from time to time, you know, the question is okay. So we just optimize for cost and and what goes into that? Or we you hit on expense ratio, but there's trade costs. There's you know, tax efficiency costs, turnover costs, all those types of things, right? So it's not always just go pick the lowest cost ETF. There, there's nuance in that.
1: There totally is. And, and it goes back to looking at the data. So, so that it's a great question to ask when you're talking about, hey, let's just control for cost. The primary reason we do that is because you look at the data and higher cost does not correlate with bringing you higher returns. In fact, the exact opposite is true. So cost at a minimum, let's talk about expense ratio. So that's the manager fee. That is directly correlated with poorer outcomes. It really is. And so, I mean, that, that's an easy thing for all, us all to understand. But then we get into things like taxes and you said trading costs. Those are costs. Those are frictions within a portfolio. When you buy and sell things, there is always a cost. Even if you know, we live in a world now where trade commissions largely are free within within most large brokerage firms or, or um, online platforms and whatnot, there's still an embedded cost. There's something called a bid-ask spread. And I'm not going to get into the weeds too much there, but there, there's a difference between what someone's buying it for and what someone's selling it for and that difference is an implicit cost that doesn't show up in anyone's rate of return it does get siphoned off as a as a frictional cost within investing and the more times you do that the more you're you're losing your you're seeping money into the system and not and not keeping it in your pocket those taxes that's a more straightforward one but these things add up over time, especially the more turnover you have, and at the end of the day, you're, you're left with less in, in your in your pocket, and, and even almost more importantly, you're left with less in your portfolio to continue to compound on itself time and time again into the future. That's what we mean by cost. It, it's, it's not one simple metric, although controlling for pure management fees is a pretty, pretty strong signifier of what generally should be a, a better investment return on a go forward basis, all things being equal, right? But there are these additional things to be aware of, taxes, trading costs and whatnot, um, that that really do detract from, from your overall rate of return.
0: So to stick along this theme, I think this is a great, maybe a great thing. If you do have an advisor, you're thinking about hiring an advisor, great question to ask, how do you control for costs? What goes into that? How do you select positions for the portfolio that are gonna be in my best interest? from a cost standpoint from a tax efficiency standpoint certainly and to kind of c- continue down those themes right some other other things that you can control for your advisor certainly should be controlling for is global diversification right. we hit on that you know making sure that we're disciplined through through the ups and downs I mean we're going through this current the current market environment uh you want to make sure that your advisor is really sound right in understanding there's a lot of noise out there they're not going to dial for dollars every time there's a market movement and try to you know buy the dips and sell the highs and and this type of thing it's a typical uh wire sales sales tool that they teach you but stay away from that type of stuff that's within your control to make sure that your advisor is controlling for those as well But then overall, I think you hit on it, Justin, when we boil, kind of bring all this and we tie a big bow on it, you as the end client or the end investor always are in control of your financial structure, right? Your advisor can only do so much when it comes to this implementation. They better be an expert. They better know how to do all these things, but you have to be a real active participant right in the financial structure at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. The way in which we view that is, is your financial structure is a true, unique representation of of who you are. Some people might have dominant human capital, where there there's they're still earning, they're in your they're earning years, if you will. Other people have financial or realized financial capital that dominates their financial structure, and then making sure that those assets, whether it's realized or unrealized, are then built or or managed in a way. That is unique to you and specific to you and your priorities, your goals. That is how we define success. Building a portfolio that has the most robust or highest expectation to meet your goals at the end of the day is, is our benchmark. That's how we define success. And if you can combine that custom portfolio with a really well-defined investment experience that we've been talking through this entire series right all these elements of focusing on what you can control global diversification uh being aware of ta- uh, taxes managing your emotions etc cetera, et cetera. that's kind of what i was alluding to earlier all of this brought together is a is just a really really powerful outcome that is not sacrificing returns actually at the end of the day in fact we feel very strongly and confidently that that putting this all together, as we've been discussing, leads to an overall better investment experience, um, which is not just some sort of touchy-feely statement. It is, it's a more robust, more confident way in, in which you can go about managing wealth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think when you sit down and what we've designed our company to, and the types of clients that we try to work with, right, are those that think about the potential or have the ability already to have multi-generational wealth and really frame everything through that context. If you're trying to win the lottery or kind of hit it big, it's probably not the right approach what we've been talking about uh, for the past few weeks. But if you're trying to maximize your wealth for your lifetime, for future generations, I'd challenge you to find a more robust way to go about it and a more sustainable way to go about it. You're not going to have to ride those highs and lows. You're going to have a lot of confidence in your overall financial structure and how things are planned for. So hopefully this series has been helpful. You know, we'd love to hear from you. As you know, you can shoot us a text. That phone number again is 602-704-5574. We'd love to hear your feedback uh, if this series was helpful. Uh, if we should do more stuff like this, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But until next time, own your wealth, make an impact, and always be a pro.